This is a podcast from Snagerikinowsk for Radio Nova. Happy listening! Hello, 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 and welcome back to a new talk show, Snagerikinowsk. It's not new, but it is a new topic today. It's a new day, and it is 8th of November? Yeah, cool, cool. It's great. I hope you guys are having a great time. Hope you've had a great day. And if not, I hope I shine your life, I guess. So how am I to anyone out there who actually cares, I guess? Oh, the pers- to the person who listens to me religiously every Wednesday, shout out, shout out, you a real OG. I'm good. Your girlie has a little back prolapse and I honestly don't know why I'm here, <laughs> but... It brings me joy. So this is a little message for you guys to do things that bring you joy. And don't force things. Don't force things. Hopefully it will come naturally. And with that, I want to I wanna go into the word of the week. So the word of the week is inspiration. Inspiration. I don't know why. Well, yes, I do. So I've just started a new 30-day yoga challenge. I think it's called Flexible Mind, Flexible Body. So you have this 10-minute morning yoga, really, really chill that like stretches out every muscle you need to stretch out in the morning. And then you have another segment for like two minutes minutes with with words of the day. And it's really been inspiring me. It's been... inspiring me to try new things, inspiring me to get out away from technology for a little bit, inspiring me to dream and write letters to my future self. If it, I don't have to send them, but just kind of sitting down and pinpointing where I want to be in 10 years and manifestation and all that. I'm so sorry I'm going into that little hole today. But yeah, inspiration to become a better version of myself and just live in the moment here and now and be flexible both in mind, body and soul. So yeah, that is a little bit of a crash course of how I am. But no one really cares about me. We're here to listen to topics. We're here to listen to chatter. And again, I'm a solo host. I'm quite enjoying having the spotlight on me, having the attention. And I want to talk about war rules. So in this hour that we get to share together, I want to go a little bit in depth of the history of it, the person who made it, a little bit of like why the war rules were created, what the war rules are, and why some of the um, wars out there are breaking breaking the war rules so I googled why is there war in the world I still don't understand how someone can create war I do understand the principle of it it's like disagreement I do argue with my friends and family and my boyfriend and that's very healthy to take out ideas from each other and like be in disagreement it makes you learn grow and prosper but there has to be better ways than killing innocent people so when i googled why is there war in the world i found this from natural geographic education 
Different groups of people often come to conflict when a problem cannot be solved, when values cash, or when there is um, big ambiguity over ownership of land and resources. Diplomacy, the art of manifesting peaceful relationships without the use of violence, can help to turn conflict into cooperation. So yeah, that is what I got from the first little Google chat. We are talking about war rules and I do want to say that I did get my information from International Committee of the Red Cross and NPR and I feel like um, International Committee of the Red Cross is quite a reliable source just because Red Cross, um, spoiler alert, Red Cross was the the person or like the person who was running Red Cross at the time is the person who created the war of the rules the rules of the war there we go so since the beginning humans have resorted to violence to all sorts of kind of disagreements and we have so many examples of this but let's try and boil it out into three uh, so we have the French Revolution from 1789 to 1799 the primary cause of the French Revolution was the dissatisfaction of the common people with the absolute monarchy of King Louis XVI. Other causes include economy equality and social injustice. So that was just a crash course. We're not deep diving into it. But my main point within this um, war is that the war where this was a war where children were killed. There were records for at least 20 children dying by guillotine and many more dying while in prison. The the most famous of these deaths are, was Ludwig XVII, who died in prison at the age of 10 due to an illness. The illness might be um, tu- tuberculosis, but the sources that I found that off was a little bit dodgy. So we're going to leave it at died because of an illness. Uh, we have the Napoleon. Napoleonic Wars from 1803 to 1815. This was a series of wars that ranged from France against shifting alliances of European powers. Military deaths are put between 2.5 million, okay, to 3.5 million, and civilian death tolls vary from, okay, you ready for this? 750. 50,000 to 3 million. 3 million deaths of civilians, both military and civilians, range from 13 millions to 22 millions. But focusing on the number between civilian and military, so the maximum, like the approximate of deaths of military is 2.5 to 3.5 that is quite a high number of military deaths so why is civilian deaths almost as high as military death like what have the civilians done Uh, we have the black war the black war was a period of violent conflicts between british colonized and abro aboriginal tasmanarians i'm so sorry if i butchered that name i'm trying so in Tasmania Tasmania, from the mid-1820s to 1832. This was where women and children were commonly casualties of both 
sides. Uh, as you can see, but like, but throughout the time, people have tried to find other ways to settle a conflict without shedding blood like they were that they previously have. There's always been shed when it comes. There's always been bloodshed when it comes to thinking about war. But when civilians, women, elderly, children are put into the picture, that is where people draw the line. And it was with this humanitarian spirit that led to the first Geneva Convention of 1864. This was the birth of modern humanitarian rules of wars protecting people who have not been involved, uh, thinking about the people who should be spared. The main topic for this little segment is how were the rules made? A very interesting question. So although our modern rules of war can be tracked back to ancient civilizations and religion, it was Henry Dunant, do not the founder of the Red Cross who began the process of codifying these customs into international humanitarian law. In 1864, he helped establish the first Geneva Convention, an international treaty that required armies to take care for the sick and wounded of the battlefield. And it was adopted by 12 countries, that is... That is quite a success, um, just thinking about every country he has helped with just this idea of having a sort of um, rule, just saying like, you cannot do this and do this and do this in war, but go ahead and fight each other, but just don't bring everyone inside it. So over the next 85 years, diplomat debated and adopted additional amendments and treaties to address the treatment of combats at sea and prisons of war, not just combats on battlefields. In 1949, after the horrors of the World War II, diplomats gathered uh, again in Geneva to adopt four treaties that reframed and updated the previous treaties and expanded the rules to protect civilians. They are now collectively known as the Geneva Convention of 1949 and contained the most important rules of warm so it is a lot to digest again such a wonderful idea and red cross has helped so many people in warp so many people having to cross um and move away from their countries from their homes and just find a safe haven red cross has done such a huge huge amount of help and i do thank you for that anyone working in red cross you are seen you are heard and you are doing such an amazing job you've been listening to a podcast from snakerikinovsk for radio nova